Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, I tell you every day, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, it is a great joy to be here with you uh, to share this hour every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday live at 4 p.m. on our domestic church media radio stations and all of our audio and video platforms that take us around the world on this beautiful December 22nd. 2020. Can you believe it? December 22nd already. But the good news is the days are going to start getting longer now. Start to have a little more sunlight every day. So <laughs> that's always nice. I, I, it's funny because yesterday was the longest, I'm sorry, the shortest day of the year. And, you know, when I leave the studio here and walk to my office, um, for the past week or so, it's dark out. And I, and I, I mean, very, very little daylight. But every year around this time, I'll begin to notice after the first of the year how I leave the studio and walk to my office and it's a little brighter, a little brighter. So, And hopefully and prayerfully, 2021 will be a brighter year. Uh, this has been some year. Boy, oh boy. And um, But as we, you know, Bruce and I were talking about it yesterday, if you're with us here for Bruce's program, Come to the Throne. Um, nothing can rob us of our joy at this time of year. Nothing, and nothing should rob us of our joy. So I'm happy you're here, my friends, on this December 22nd. Um, I'm going to share with you some of our Holy Father's uh, Angelus message from the fourth Sunday of Advent just a couple of days ago. And then I, I would like to go to the book of Malachi and... You know, these late Advent days, which began on December 17th, every day, each year, it's always the same Mass readings for these late Advent days, always the same Mass readings. And um, I thank God for the gift of life. Tomorrow is my 66th birthday, and every year on the 23rd of December, um, the, the first reading is from the book of Malachi. And I want to share that reading with you because it really— it means a lot to me and has meant a lot to me, even before I realized it, how much it meant to me. But I want to share some of that with you as well. But first, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are, however you're listening, and of course, we are coming to you on all of our domestic church media radio stations. And the nice thing about, though, I guess there's been a lot of melting going on, but you know, we had the snowstorm last week and I wasn't with you on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, was I? And Friday, Cheryl and I weren't here. We had the music on. Um, but uh, whenever there's snow on the ground, if you listen to one of our AM stations, either 1580 AM down in Hamilton or 1260 here in the uh, Trenton area, whenever there is snow on the ground, you might notice an improvement of reception because of the way the AM signal goes. Uh, the snow acts as a conductor 
and really expands the signal. So um, anyway, I hope you're you're listening on either one of our stations or any of our audio platforms. You know, we are streaming live from our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. And of course, we are streaming live always on our free Domestic Church Media mobile app for your um, mobile devices or tablets. You can download that for free and listen. Or you can watch. Well, before we get to the watching part, you still can listen on, and if you have the Amazon or Google Home speaker devices, the Amazon Echo or the Google Home, you can listen uh, just by saying uh, play domestic church media, and we'll stream over those devices. And of course, uh, when we do our live local programs, as this one is, uh, we also stream live video. So you can uh, watch the program on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. And you can watch it on any device. Your, our free mobile app has it. Uh, you can pull up YouTube on your, your own uh, mobile device or tablet, or even if you have a smart TV, you can pull YouTube up on your smart TV and just sit and watch it as if it were a regular television program. And of course, we also stream live video on our uh, domestic church media homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org and also on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. So we're coming to you on all those platforms, and all those platforms take us around this wonderful world that we live in. And um, I say that because, you know, we're coming up to just this beautiful day in just a couple of days, Christmas Day. It's hard to believe, and it's a different Christmas this year um, aesthetically, right, because we may not be where we'd like to be uh, with the people we'd like to be with. <laughs> um, but I think people have kind of overcompensated for that a little bit by putting up a few extra Christmas lights on their homes. You might see a bit more decorations outside, people trying to to, to grab that spirit, and um, we've been doing the best we can here by playing more and more of our traditional Christmas carols and hymns, you know, the real Christmas music. And uh, tomorrow I think I'll have a little, on this program, it'll be my last program uh, before Christmas, I'll have a little little, little, little special th- thing for you tomorrow. Um, so keep that in mind, and I hope you can join me tomorrow on, uh, on my birthday. <laughs> Let's pray first, and uh, wherever you are, my brothers and sisters, again, listening or watching, I invite you to join me and all of our domestic church media family in prayer on this beautiful December 22nd, and let's pray with and for each other for those special intentions, especially those uh, special Advent and Christmas prayers that you may have, and especially for those people who will be experiencing um, isolation, a a desire to be with loved ones with whom they cannot be uh, because of the current uh, pandemic situation. Um, It's sad. It it is sad. You know, it's just a sad, a sad thing. But again, we know that no matter what we don't have this year, no matter who we're not with this year, we do have and are with on Christmas Day and every day, but especially on the birthday that we celebrate, we have our Lord and Savior Jesus. So, you know, let's maybe pray to invite Christ 
into our domestic churches this Christmas, into our homes, and make him our special guest. I know Cheryl and I, we're going to be by ourselves on Christmas Day at home, and and, uh, we're planning our Christmas dinner uh, for the two of us and planning our day. Of course, Cheryl is is a busy, busy time of year uh, with her music uh, ministry up there at St. Magdalene's in Flemington, and I I don't see a lot of her on Christmas Eve and and, uh, Christmas morning, but then we are planning our Christmas Day after that and uh, making a a dinner and and, uh, just the two of us home. And then, of course, you know, we, on, on Monday, the 28th of December, we'll be celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary. So we may get a chance to hop out of town a little bit. We're not sure about that. We'll see. What, but anyway, let's let's invite the Lord into our homes on this Christmas. In fact, invite the whole Holy Family, <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You know, there's year now that we're celebrating a year of St. Joseph. And invite Joseph to lead the Holy Family into your home, into your heart. And even if you're only by yourself, if you open your heart to the invitation extended to the Holy Family, they will be there with you. You will feel their presence in your home. You know, put on our station. We're going to have beautiful Christmas carols and hymns playing as we have been, but more and more and then throughout Christmas week. And just feel feel the presence of the baby Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in your home. We represent them in our uh, nativity scenes. Allow them to spiritually come to life for you. And we'll talk more about that. Let's let's pray first. We are still praying for our country. Oh boy, does our country need prayer. Um, so all of your intentions, my friends, that we, we raise up together now as family and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful Subtum Presidium prayer, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, over two years ago, asked us to pray these two prayers specifically 
every day with the intention to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you, and I know Bruce thanks you. Uh, for all of your prayer uh, requests that you send in, and uh, those of you who uh, did that for him yesterday on his program, Come to the Throne, and uh, I, I will continue. You know, I'll be here tomorrow. Of course, I won't be here Christmas Eve and on, on the air, and I won't be on the air on Christmas Day. Um, I'm not quite sure about next week yet. As I said, Monday the 28th, Cheryl and I are celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary, um, and... Um, we may, we may get out of here for a couple of days. We'll see. We're not really sure what our schedule is yet. Uh, but I probably will not be here on the air. We want to bring you all that beautiful Christmas music that uh, we've packaged for you. Uh, because, you know, next week, well, starting Friday, Christmas Day, the 25th, right through New Year's Day, every single day is Christmas Day. It's not a different day. It's Christmas Day. Every day celebrated as Christmas Day. And so what we do here uh, at Domestic Church Media, what everybody else doesn't do, <laughs> is we continue to play uh, Christmas carols and hymns during Christmas week. Uh, whereas everybody else, I guarantee you, will stop playing it on the 25th of December at night, and that'll be the end of it until next year for them. But <laughs> we, we celebrate every day as it should be celebrated within the octave as a Christmas day. And so as part of our celebration here uh, to you, our family, we're going to share the gift of uh, Christmas music with you as we do every year. I know there are a few of you who sometimes miss some of the regular programming, but just bear with us because we get back to a normal schedule on January 2nd. Um, but it's a beautiful way. I know I've, I find myself at home, you know, as I've been as I've been, do, I've been doing this uh, throughout this beautiful season of Advent, it still has gone much too fast for me, but I have found myself um, in my uh, family room there in my easy chair, and we have these home devices, you know, these home speaker devices at home, and I just ask it to play domestic church media, and uh, the music is on, and I'm just kind of sitting there relaxing and contemplating and looking at the decorations we have in the house and just thanking the Lord for the gift of, of his son uh, sent into the world to save us from sin and death. This beautiful Christmas season as we approach Christmas Day. As I said, I think one of the greatest things we can do this year in the midst of this pandemic that has just thrown uh, such a, a wicked curveball to us, right? You know, we're all 
wondering how we're not by now or not, but but uh, making different plans than we usually do on Christmas uh, every year because this year is different. And I tell you, my friends, it's uh, one of my big prayers is not to adapt <laughs> to the current situation, but rather to get rid of it and get back to normal. <laughs> I I don't want a, a new normal. I want the old way of life. That's what I pray for. And um, I'll have some news for you tomorrow, I, I believe, as well. But tomorrow, I think what I'd like to do is have a kind of a special uh, program for you here, uh, a little different format, and I, and I won't get into detail, but I'm, I'm still working on it in my head. There's <laughs> a lot of rattling going on up there in this 66-year-old head of mine. Large head, by the way. I have a very large head. It's a kind of a a, uh, a gag at home because my, my oldest son has a, a large head as well. <laughs> if you buy a hat, you have to buy the largest size they offer men. But uh, my mom always said it because there was a lot of brains up there. I don't know about that. <laughs> I have a lot, of, a lot of parking spaces up there, so empty parking spaces. Um, so we'll do that. But I do I do think one of the great, thing, great things we can do now is to really make an effort in our prayer uh, in whoever and whatever way you commune with God right now, whether it be at Holy Communion at Mass, maybe you're able to get to daily Mass, or uh, in your home, if you're, if you're again, one of those uh, souls that needs to be uh, more isolated because of your condition or vulnerability uh, to the virus, uh, just open your heart to the prayer of inviting the Holy Family into your home, especially on Christmas Day. You know, if you're going to be alone or with a few people or a couple of you and you're not with the whole gang that you're used to being with, um, invite the most important people you can invite into your home, and that's baby Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, and the Holy Family of Nazareth, and let them dwell in your home, not just Christmas Day, but throughout the year, especially during this year of St. Joseph. Because we need peace. You know, we were talking. Bruce, Bruce and I were talking about it yesterday. The, the division in our in our church, the division in our country, and the division in families. You know, there are families that are are dividing now and 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 splintering because of this COVID situation, and their levels of comfort or whatever it might be, and. There, uh, it just it, you can see that this and, and division is not from God. Division is one of the greatest tools of the devil. He loves to divide and conquer, and he loves to try to rob us of our joy. And you know, I we, we didn't get a chance to see it last night because of the cloud cover. They're saying tonight we might still be able to see uh, what is being called the Christmas star. You know, Saturn and Jupiter are lined up in such a way right now that in the sky they appear as one single body of light. And some are speculating that was the star of Bethlehem that the three wise men saw 2,000 years ago. The last time this happened was uh, over 800 years ago. So hopefully maybe the cloud—I've not been, not been outside the past couple of hours, but maybe the cloud covering will break up and we'll be able to see— uh, that that Christmas star, and, and you know, to remind us to be led to that stable in Bethlehem. Every heart, every heart 
as I said last week, must be like those shepherds, like those three wise men who followed the exhortation of the angels, as the shepherds did, or the star, as the three wise men did. And we're called to do the same. We're called to run with haste to the manger, to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, to pay him homage, to bring him whatever gift we have to give. So we'll do more of this tomorrow. I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Let me go to the Holy Father uh, from this past Sunday. Um, and interesting, I, I, I found this, I think I, I posted it on our, uh, on our Facebook page. The Holy Father on Sunday advised Catholics not to waste time complaining about coronavirus restrictions. <laughs> you know, it just after a while, it just, like, like, like today, Cheryl and I were going, this morning we were going to the grocery store because we wanted to get our, 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 items for our Christmas dinner that we're making. And, you know, you, I don't like wearing the mask. Cheryl doesn't like wearing the mask. I'm sure many of you don't like, most of you probably don't like wearing the mask. But you have to wear the mask. It's just, just you know, so we could either wear it and complain the whole time about having to wear it or just put it on and do it, right? So Holy Father said, stop complaining about these coronavirus restrictions, but focus instead on helping those in need. He said, what then is the yes? Oh, first, I'm sorry. First, he said we are encouraged. He encouraged us to imitate our Blessed Mother, Mary's yes to God at the Annunciation. And the Holy Father said, what then is the yes we can say? Instead of complaining in these difficult times about what the pandemic prevents us from doing, let us do something for someone who has less. Not the umpteenth gift for ourselves and our friends, but for a person in need whom no one thinks of. And you know, my friends, I'm sure in whatever community you are, there are people in need. And let's face it, most of us who are listening right now are watching have been very blessed compared to the rest of the world. (laughs) You know, we may not be rich. We may not have the biggest homes or the best cars. But we have a home and we have a car, probably two or more cars. (laughs) We're not in want. But there are people who are. So Holy Father said, instead of us thinking about complaining about the pandemic or getting the, what he said was the umpteenth gift. I wonder how he said that in Italian, umpteenth. I don't know if there's a word for that, but the translation here is umpteenth. I'd love to know how to say that in Italian. Uh, Instead of getting the umpteenth gift for ourselves and our friends, get one for a person who's in need, who no one thinks of. And it doesn't have to be an elaborate gift. You know, you couldn't do it now, but I remember many, many years ago when I was in college, and I, I, I played the banjo. You know, you maybe a little known fact, but I do. I do. I probably still can pick it out a little bit. 
Um, but I played the banjo, and, and what I would do, I went. I was up at Seton Hall where I went to school, and I would arrange, and I always tried to do it on my birthday, the 23rd, and I would, I would go uh, find a nursing home or a care facility and go and entertain the people. Just play the banjo and sing some of the old sing-alongs they were familiar with, that they grew up with. They loved it. Didn't take a lot for me to do that. Didn't cost me anything. But I think many of them saw that as a great gift to them around Christmas, just a time to pick up their spirits. You know, that's all it takes. Uh, Holy Father said he wished to offer another piece of advice to us. That in order for Jesus to be born in us, we should devote our time to prayer. He said, let, let us not, I'm sorry, let us not let ourselves be swept up by consumerism. Ah, he said, I have to buy presents. I must do this and that. That frenzy of doing things more and more. It is Jesus that's important, Pope Francis said. Consumerism has stolen Christmas. These are the words of Pope Francis. Consumerism is not found in the manger in Bethlehem. There is reality, poverty, love. He said, let us prepare our hearts to be like Mary's, free from evil, welcoming, ready to receive God. And he meditated, and this was from Sunday, the fourth Sunday, meditated on the reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent, the final Sunday, of course, before Christmas, which describes Mary's encounter with the angel Gabriel. He noted that the angel told Mary to rejoice because she would conceive a son and call him Jesus. And Pope Francis said it seems to be an announcement of pure joy, destined to make the Virgin happy. Among the women of that time, which woman did not dream of becoming the mother of the Messiah? But along with joy, Pope Francis said, those words foretell a great trial to Mary. Why? Well, because in that moment she was betrothed to, to Joseph. In such a situation, the law of Moses stipulated there should be no relations or cohabitation. Therefore, in having a son, Mary would have transgressed the law, and the punishment for women was terrible. Stoning was the punishment. And Holy Father said saying yes to God was therefore a life-and-death decision for Mary. He said, certainly the divine message would have filled Mary's heart with light and strength. Nevertheless, she found herself faced with a crucial decision to say yes to God, risking everything, even her life, or to decline the invitation and to continue her ordinary life. Well, the Holy Father recalled that Mary responded by saying, may it be done to me according to your will. But in the language in which the gospel is written, it is not simply let it be. The Holy Father said the expression indicates a strong desire. It indicates the will that something happen. In other words, Mary does not say if this has to happen, let it happen. If it cannot be otherwise. The Holy Father said it is not resignation. No, she does not express a weak and submissive acceptance, but rather, in the language of Scripture, she expresses a strong desire of a vivacious desire. She's not passive but active, Pope Francis said. She doesn't sub, uh, submit to God. She binds herself to God. She is a woman in love, prepared to serve her Lord completely 
and immediately. She could have asked for a little more time to think about it or even for more explanations about what would happen. Perhaps she could have set some conditions. Instead, she doesn't take time. She doesn't keep God waiting. She doesn't delay. Well, the Holy Father contrasted Mary's readiness to accept God's will with our own hesitations. He said, how often, let's think of ourselves now, how often is our life made up of postponements, even the spiritual life? For example, I know it's good for me to pray, but today I don't have the time. And the Holy Father continued saying it's important to help someone Yes, I must do it. I will do it tomorrow. Today, on the threshold of Christmas, Mary invites us not to postpone, but to say yes, which is, while each yes is costly, the Holy Father said it will never cost us as much as Mary's yes, which brought us salvation. And he observed that, may it be done to me according to your word, is the last phrase we hear from Mary on the final Sunday of Advent. Her words, he said, were an invitation to us to embrace the true meaning of Christmas. For if the birth of Jesus does not touch our lives, if it does not touch our lives, it slips past us in vain, Pope Francis said. And then in the Angelus he prayed, Be it done unto me according to thy word. He said, May Our Lady help us to say it with our lives, with our approach to these last days in which to prepare ourselves well for Christmas. And then in his Angelus message, he highlighted the plight of seafarers on the eve of Christmas. Many of them, an estimated 400,000 worldwide, are stranded on ships beyond the terms of their contracts, unable to return home, of course, all due to the the pandemic. And he asked the Blessed Mother, Stella Maris, the star of the sea, to comfort these people. But again, a great teaching from Pope Francis on reminding us to say yes to the Lord, but to say it in great with great enthusiasm and to be a prayerful experience in doing so let me take a break i'll come back and then i want to go to the book of malachi so stay where you are my friends there's more to come on come to me People think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Are you and I a friend of Jesus? That's the important one. See? He will never let you down. He will always be forgiving and merciful and compassionate. You can't say that of any friend. So I have a wonderful friend, and we've been friends for 40 years. Wonderful. I think that's a big grace. Scripture says, if you have found such a one, praise God. But ordinarily, you can't say that you would tell your very heart to this one or that one. To some, it would be like putting it in a newspaper. Be all over town, half hour, where you wouldn't talk to a friend like that. But with Jesus, you can talk to any friend. You can talk to him as the best of friends. People you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this lovely, lovely late Advent day, December 22nd, 2020. And I'm happy you're taking some time, my friends, out of what I'm sure is a busy day. I, have you noticed? I know we know, as I said, we went uh, grocery shopping early this early this morning. It's going to be a lot of people. The parking lot was pretty full. Not something we couldn't find some things we needed. Uh seems to be a lot of traffic. But, you know, I always think of Bethlehem 
around this time of year, too, of course, for obvious reasons. But I always think of what it must have been like in Bethlehem at the time of the census. When, like Joseph and Mary, and, the, uh, and eventually Jesus, of course, but Joseph and Mary, who had to go to Bethlehem, back to the uh, city of their ancestors, and there probably were a lot of a lot of uh, family gatherings, a lot of family reunions, and I'm sure people were stocking up on food and supplies. Uh, certainly, we know there was no room in the inn because people had come from all over the place. So it must have been a very busy and bustling place during this time. And I was driving around uh, yesterday on the way home, maybe it was, and there just seemed to be a lot more traffic and people it seemed to be in a bit more of a hurry. Uh, you, you can almost see there, you know, some people do stupid things when they drive, <laughs> which really annoys me. They're not, you know, they're distracted in some way. And wearing those masks in the car with the windows closed, I just don't get that, but. But I think about Bethlehem at this time of the census when everybody was converging on that little town. And except for the shepherds and the little drummer boy and eventually the three wise men, but they didn't come until a couple of years later, everybody missed the greatest event in human history. The Son of God was brought forth by the Virgin Mary in that humble little stable. And again, except for the shepherds who were, really, the shepherds were the dregs of society. But you see how God revealed this great news to the lowest of the low in human eyes. Everybody else missed it. And is it happening? Does it happen? Does it seem to happen every Christmas? Does it seem that way to you that every Christmas, and and you try not to get sucked into it? And unfortunately, as Holy Father said, you know, uh, consumerism is is robbing Christmas. You know, and we we become so caught up in all all the things that the world makes Christmas out to be. And even with good intention, you know, even if you have the heart the right, and the right mind for the, the holy day and, and you're doing the best you can to decorate and with, with holy reminders, you know, as, as they say on EWTN with the, the beautiful nativity scene and, uh, you know, the lights are beautiful and the lights do represent the light of Christ and remembering all these things, you know. And, but is that what happens to, to most people is, is they, they miss it. They fail to see or recognize what it is and why we're celebrating. Just like they missed it in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago when the Son of God was right there in their midst and they missed it. They miss it. seem to miss it every year more and more. The more secularized our culture becomes, the more and more we seem to miss it. 
happen. I know you don't because that's why you're listening and watching Catholic radio. <laughs> and I try not to, but we do. You know, we get we get sometimes get a little 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 caught up in in the way of the world. So try not to do that. Let's try not to do that. Let's try to just keep focused and make our Christmas a holy day, not a holiday. Make our Christmas a holy day. And every day, every day, not just the 25th, the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31, January 1st, every one of those days should be celebrated just exactly as the 25th of December is celebrated. You may say, well, that's a lot of those. That's right. That's, that's because Christmas is so great a solemnity. The church wants us to celebrate big and boldly every day. I mean, it seems to be when I was growing up, the world did more of that. It just seemed like, and maybe it was my world. I don't know. I know, and my I'm sure my father had a request. He didn't just take it, but he was home during Christmas week, as were most of my friends' dads. You know, the moms usually didn't work in those days. Everybody was home, not just on the 25th of December, but throughout the whole week. And there were gatherings and visits and feasts, and the kids would go over each other's house to play with their toys. Because every day was Christmas Day. You know, and we need to keep that. We need to retain that. So that being said, let me go to what I intended to do this this segment, and that is to go to the book of Malachi. And, and as I said, and I thank God for the gift of my life uh, that he gave me tomorrow, uh, December 23rd, is, is my, uh, I have no shame, 66th birthday. <laughs> now, Eligible for full retirement if I want it. I'll, I'm not going anywhere as far as I know, but I can certainly uh, know it's there if I have to. <laughs> um, but because of the late Advent days that begin on December 17th, <clears throat> every day beginning on December 17th every year, the same readings are read at Mass on those days. 23rd of December, of course, is tomorrow. And that is a late Advent day. And, and the first reading for December 23rd every year is from the book of Malachi, uh, chapter 3. And if you've been a regular listener to this program, I've shared with you that this is the 25th year of my doing Catholic radio in this area. Tri-state area, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, either Delaware or New York, depending on what part of New Jersey you're in. But uh, um, now entering into my 26th year. And as I look back over my life in apostolate, because I wasn't always an apostolate, as you know, <clears throat> but as I look over the past 25 years of apostolate, and more so, <clears throat> excuse me, over the past um, 17, 18 years in domestic church media, apostolate, this reading really stands out to me. So 
of course, it's a Christ, it's it's an Advent reading preparing for the Lord's coming, right? And, and, and that's what the reference is. And this is from the book of Malachi. Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? And you know, we're all called, my friends, to be messengers to prepare the way for the Lord. We think of, of course, the great uh, John the Baptist, who, when asked, who are you, responded, I'm a voice crying out in the wilderness, and there is one who is yet to come, whose sandal strap I'm not even fit to untie. Preparing the way for the Lord. You and I need to be doing that as well. And I think, you know, again, I very humbly thank the Lord for the gift of this opportunity that I have had for the past 25 years in doing what I'm able to do and doing what I've been asked to do by God, I believe, and in doing what I'm blessed to do every time I can do it to the point of having all the technology to do it to do just this, to be a messenger, <laughs> to prepare the way of the Lord. And, and not to say that in, a, in a, uh, a bold way, but just a very humble way. That, that, But we're all called to be messengers by virtue of our baptism. We're all called to be heralds of this news of great joy. In how we live. That's why I say, you know, we mustn't, we, we must do everything we possibly can over the next few days to ensure that this present situation, the pandemic, and even the, the political situation, but more so the pandemic, does not rob us of our joy or desire to bring that joy to others, to be this herald of news of great joy to others, that unto us is born a child. And as Holy Father Pope Francis said in our first segment, uh, from his Angelus message on Sunday, speaking of our Blessed Mother, that the Lord asks us to do this, and our yes must be a yes like Mary's. And Mary's wasn't just a yes or a conditional yes or let me think about it yes, but Holy Father said it was a vivacious yes. And you and I need to respond the same way in whatever the Lord asks us to do. And it's not always easy. As Holy Father pointed out with our Blessed Mother, it was a yes of life and death because uh, being betrothed to Joseph and not yet cohabitating or living with her husband to have been found with child was punishable by stoning. 
but Mary gave a vivacious fiat. And what in our lives has the Lord asked in our being the messengers, the heralds of this news of great joy? And I think, and I can only again use my own experience as an example, 25 years of doing this has not always been easy. <laughs> it's still not easy all the time. Trust me. You know, when, when Bruce and I have to come and do a radiothon for three days and ask you to support us, it's because we have to, not because we want to or it's part of the game plan. It's because we, if we don't have it, we, we, we can't be here. There's not been a, there, I tell you, my friends, there's not been a day gone by and, and for as long as I've been here to the current day, to the current day, where I and we here at Domestic Church Media don't have to think and say, okay, will we have enough money to do the next month? <laughs> Can we get that far? Think about that, what that requires. And I thank God for the gift of, of trust and faith. But if we go on to, and we're in the third chapter of Malachi, and go on to the next, and this is still verse 2, when the question is asked, but who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? I love this next verse. For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver to they present right offerings to the Lord. And I, I know I've shared this with you, and I don't have it written in front of me, but I remember one time reading, reading a reflection on this particular chapter and verse on the refiner's fire. And I'm going to paraphrase. Because we think about being put in the refiner's fire, right? In the crucible. The, the reflection I read said, how does a silversmith, someone asked, I said I'm paraphrasing, someone asked a silversmith, how do you know when the silver is completely purified, without blemish, without stain, how do you know when the silver is completely purified? No, putting the, the silver, the raw silver, into the fire to purify it, to refine it. Putting it through the, the fire. How do you know then, though, when, 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 it's, when it's completely purified? You know what the silversmith's answer was? I know it's completely purified when I can see my reflection in it. So we think about our journey of faith, our life of faith. It's a long, you know, for as short as it is relative to eternity, Scripture tells us that, you know, we live 70 years, 80 if we're strong, 
these days, life expectancy continues to you know get better and better. I don't know how much longer, <coughs> excuse me, I, you know, a person wants to live beyond 85, 90, 100. I don't know. Uh, who knows? I guess if you're in good health, why not? But 80, 85 years and many of those years being spent being put through the refiner's fire, if we are in our journey of faith, living out our discipleship, when are we purified? When are we uh, completely without blemish or stain? When the refiner can see his image in us. Now, I know there are many of you, because, I again, the, the beautiful prayer request that you send to us, oh, my goodness. Bruce mentioned yesterday, had some of them here in the studio. I have them in the chapel. We pray, I pray for every day. And I know there are many of you listening and watching right now who are hurting. Just by, by the prayer request that you sent. And hurting emotionally, hurting spiritually. There are many of you, God bless you, who are suffering physically, and we pray certainly for all of this. But I, I, I said it, and Bruce mentioned one yesterday, one of the, the most common prayer requests as I go through them, even now, and I've been doing this for a long time, but even now, these wonderful prayer requests that you sent my way that I'm praying for in the chapel morning and evening, and I will pray throughout Advent and Christmas. I'm going to say, uh, of course, people are praying for an end to covid want this thing out of here. But the true, truly painful prayer requests from so many are from parents who ask us to pray for a return to the faith or a conversion or a reversion by their children. Children who were raised in the faith sent to Catholic school, many sacrifices made, given good example by how the parents lived their life of faith, bringing the children to church and mass, teaching, being the herald, the first herald of that faith. And here so many years later, as the children have grown up, have just turned their back on the faith and in many cases taken their own children with them. A painful, painful prayer request. Uh, the refiner's fire, you know, the Lord allowed it. You're being purified in some way, and then your children too, you know. We just pray that whatever it takes, they come back. But whatever our life of faith takes us through, my friends, and we don't understand it, we know that our Heavenly Father allowed His own Son to suffer terribly, horribly, viciously, and die a human death in, in the, one of the most horrific deaths ever devised by man, only to rise again on that third day and be glorified and live in glory. And we, by that action, we know the same awaits for us. So this message that we herald at Christmas, this message of great joy that the Savior has been born, we're heralding that this baby was born to one day die for us. 
We don't think a lot about Good Friday on Christmas Day, but you've heard the term about the wood of the cradle, the wood of the cross. You know, we see images, uh, beautiful images of our, our, our dear Lord as a child in the carpenter shop, you know, carrying a wooden cross or making a wooden cross. I think in many ways we, we want to tune out Good Friday on Christmas Day because we, it tends to put a little bit of a damper on our celebration. But that's why the Lord came. We have Christmas Day, so we could have Good Friday. We have Christmas Day, so we could have Easter Sunday. And it's all a, a wonderful example of the Father's love for us and what he would do and allow to happen to his own son for us to be saved and live with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity one day. So that refiner's fire you may be going through right now, thank the Lord for the gift of that. He's allowed it. He's allowed it so that you can be refined, so that he can one day and will one day see his own image in you. It's a, it's a way to get home to the Father's house. But let's rejoice in this time, this time of waiting and preparation as we get closer and closer to, the, to that great celebration of Christmas Day. Now, I'll be with you tomorrow. As I said, I think I'm going to have a, I'm going to try to plan a special program for you tomorrow. So I hope you come back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. i got to go now. And then um, coming up now, we have an hour of Christmas music, so please stay tuned for that. Thank you so very much, my brothers and sisters, for being with me today. I know it's a busy time. And uh, your time is, is, is valuable. So thank you for sharing it with me. Um, and I'll be here tomorrow, God willing. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And God love you. In me.